you want to do that all again? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. Hello and welcome to the eighth and special bonus episode of Cinema Decon, deconstructing and overthinking the movies of our younger years. My name is Steve, and on this podcast, we will revisit the movies that we keep in the back part of our minds as flawless masterpieces, untouchable by any criticism, and hopefully they stay that way. Join us as we rewatch a randomly selected movie from our list of 300 plus from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. With me on this journey is my co-host, the biggest villain of them all, A.A. Ron. How are you tonight, Aaron? I'm doing pretty good there, Steve. It's been another wonderfully busy week here in the IT world. Just happy to get back to discussing the important things in life, like movies. Here, here. So what we do here at Cinema Decon is a rewatch of an old movie with the hopes that they're still as good as we remember them. Then Steve and I meet up to talk about it, point out our high and low parts, and then give it a rank and place in our mega list. Except for today, where we're going to do absolutely none of the things that I just said. Today, we will be discussing our favorite villains through the style of a good old-fashioned top five list. Sticking within the scope of our show, we are only looking at movies from the years 1980 through 2009. And speaking of villains, Steve, I believe our podcast has been infiltrated by one of those infamous evildoers in all the galaxy and Beverly Hills. The reason Steve and I even know each other in the first place, our good friend Bud. Well, hello, guys. Yeah, I'm Bud. I am the uh, the one, the only person to put these two individuals together to help bring this wonderful audience Cinema Decon. Glad I can help you guys out. It is all Bud's fault. Yep. He was playing the long <laughs> game. And it works it, beautifully. The 15-year plan? <laughs> oh, yes, at least. <laughs> Sitting in a foxhole overseas somewhere like, I bet you someday we could put a podcast together. <laughs> During I the days have of Hoochnet. <laughs> yeah. Hoochnet, the first Wi Fi in Baghdad. Oh, yeah. The best one out there. And he got shut down by the man. It's always fun to see Steve once a month as he pulls out that nice white envelope full of cash just to pay his internet bill. So, for some context there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay, pay his internet bill, air quotes. As as I was a soldier, Bud was a contractor. We were both working on the network there in the Baghdad airport, and we provided a service to the soldiers, which was wireless. Bud provided mm-hmm. the actual internet drop, and I provided some of the equipment of where to place said internet drop and, and spread it spread the wireless across the campus. I took no money. <laughs> I took no money. You know, statute of limitations is over, Steve. You can stop lying. Right. I should have taken money. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, I did that. Now, Hoochnet was, was, yeah, I mean, Hoochnet at the end of the day was just a, a, a simple uh, way to provide a uh, internet service to not only the contractors, but also the troops that are stationed out there to give us the ability to communicate with our friends and our family and all that back at home. And, um, that really wasn't possible with when we first got out there, at least not in a, not in the traditional sense. And so, you know, we, as you know, contractors and, and with, you know, Steve's help with his, with his folks, we were able to put something together and, and give that service to, uh, to everybody that's stationed out there. So, and it's, yeah. it was all done at cost. We didn't really make any money on it in the grand scheme of things, but you know, we, uh, we bought the bandwidth. We bought, got a satellite provider. We distributed the wireless. We did it all. And it was great until, until the man shut us down. Of course, that was as raw <laughs> yeah. dog and network as you can get. I mean, put together oh, yeah. 550 cord and hundred mile an hour tape. And yeah, until the, until the powers that be shut us down and, uh, exactly. they brought in their own formal commercial internet. Yeah. It was literally a hostile takeover by the government. <laughs> Quite literally, yes. Yeah, I, I, it specifically was. Give, give us a percentage or close up shop. Yeah, they said, we have the first right of refusal. Take it or leave it. And I was like, okay, I guess we're going to shut okay, it down. we're then. leaving it. <laughs> Let me See walk it. away with my pockets full of cash. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. And that was my 
that was where I got to know Bud. And then when I returned from overseas, Bud hired me. I met Aaron and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the backstory on my side, Bud and I have known each other since oh, yes. 1996, 1995. Uh, high school back in wonderful yeah. Wichita, Kansas. So, yeah. moved, and moved around quite a few places. Yeah. Moved around quite a few places, including uh, a couple other cities in the U S as well as several cities over in Afghanistan. Yes. I can actually say I've traveled the world with both of these fools. Yeah. Still can't get her, get rid of us. Yeah. Right. If our eager listeners are, are lucky, maybe there'll be a, a couple of pictures posted. We'll see. Yeah. All right. We can move on to the next segment. So I'll play my little montage in there. Did you guys listen to that? Yeah. Uh, it was yes. good. I liked it. It was good. It, it made it made me redo my list again. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I will admit I may have changed I changed mine slightly after the first one because it just reminded me of something. Um, I did not I did not update it after the second one, but I was tempted. It's showtime. Cable guy. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Perhaps I'm not as stupid as I am ugly, Commander. Shogun of Harlem. And McFly! I'm your number one fan. I want to know more about what you do here. Study hard and you will be rewarded. Fail to do so and the consequences may be severe. You are now buying a gun at your imaginary friend near 400,000 actual restaurants! And who loves you? And who do you love? If you only knew the power of the dark side. Relax to the mellow sounds of the rain on KPPX. Now, this really pisses me off to no end. That luscious tan, those ruby lips and hair color, so natural, only your undertaker knows for sure. <laughs> I'm looking for generals! What do I got? Foot soldiers! I want Tracy dead! Well, I was first in line until the little hairball was born. I'm gonna cut your heart out with a spoon! I'll crush you with my bare hands! Customer's always an asshole. Illuminate. I am the servant of the power behind the nothing. Oh, die, you pun scum! Oh, yes. They float. It's all about the greater good. The greater good. Hi, you breaking my bars here, huh? You breaking my bars. Never fear. I is here. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that. The only thing we serve is tongue. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? Okay. Banker. Cry havoc! And let's slip the dogs of war. In spite of all his imperfections, I'm a fan of man! When Alexander saw the breadth of his domain, he wept, for there were no more worlds to conquer. You best start believing in ghost stories, Miss Turner. You're in one. End of line. So guys, before we get into our top five, what makes a good villain? Mm. Oh, there are so many things. Because there's several different types of villains. Um, there's the villain that's just flat out the most evil person you have seen in the world. If you meet them in person, the first thing you'd want to do is punch them in the face. Um, there are the villains that um, are you know, character-wise in the context of whatever movie or show they're in. They're obviously the bad guy, but you can't help but root for them. Uh, mm. And then there are villains that basically steal the show. I mean, to me, uh, a villain is what makes most of the good movies. A movie's better when it's got a good bad guy. It, you're right. And, and mm-hmm. even a movie with a villain as the primary, uh, as the primary, primary character, yeah. those are some of the best movies out there. Yeah, a villain has to be cunning, ruthless show no mercy, but doesn't have to be overt with all those characteristics. He can be stoic and quiet and very polite 
that there's so many different ways. Um, but one of the things that one of the things that I put on my list as far as what makes a good villain though is definitely screen presence. Mm-hmm. You can have the best villain in the world, but if the actor is not putting forth a good performance, then you know it's just not going to make the list. And, and like like Aaron said, it brings down the movie. Yeah, and, and you know one of the things that I really like about villains is is the calculated villain, the one that that has yes. the plan in place, that is very uh, strategic in its in, in, in their process, but at the same time, you know they're they're so strategic and they're so calculated that they'd never have one worry that anything could ever go wrong. And, and so I, I love those types of villains because they, uh, they're they're and they show the amount of intelligence that's necessary to be a good villain as well. Exactly. And as a good counterpoint to that, when we did hackers, we talked about the plague and how horrible a villain he was. Mm-hmm. He had, he had a good plan, but his, persona and his actions and the way he executed it were just flat out just ridiculous yeah yeah and, and, and it brought and down a the good movie. actor uh, award-winning fisher stevens and all but yeah he he belonged in a different movie <laughs> he is oscar winner fisher stevens <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we had a couple ideas on how we were going to present this um the first thing that we that came to mind when we're all we're all basically going to start out and go through our own personal top five list of the, our five favorite villains out of this movie out of this timeline range. Um, granted, with the fact that we all know each other pretty well, we all have roughly the same taste in movies. There's probably going to be some overlap to where we're going to pick the same people. So the first idea I had was uh, to go around and see if we can. Uh, do a little guess as to how many overlaps, how many duplicates we're going to run into uh, out of these 15 names that we're going to go through. Me personally, looking at my list, um, I've got a list of seven, so I'm taking the top five of those. So I've got two that are uh, honorable mentions, but we won't discuss that. But out of those top five, and based on what you guys are saying, I'm thinking I know at least one of the one of mine is going to be repeated. So I'm going to guess three out of the total list. What about you, Steve? I, I'm, I'm flickering between three and five uh, because in our, in our conversations, we've, we've all noted that because of our similar tastes, there is the possibility of overlap, the inevitability. Inevitability. Uh, inevitability. <laughs> inevitability. The inevitability it, is there. It is your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> breaking my balls, huh? You're breaking my balls. <laughs> so I think we we did make an effort to not necessarily go uh, with the the main ones, all five. So I think we're going to have some oddballs out there, which I hope we do. I'm going to go with four, though. I think there's going to be at least four overlaps between the three of us. All right. What say ye, bud? Oh man, see that was the number I was going to go with was four. I, I, you can, I really you can still choose it. You can both lose. Uh, equally. I don't care. <laughs> you know we're not I, doing I, I, since, we're not I'll doing prices right. We're not doing prices since, right rules. You can't just bid one dollar. So it's whoever's close to this. Why not? That makes it fun. Well, because one dollar for first of all is denomination of money, and that doesn't make any sense here. Uh, and for another, screw you. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll say, I will say since, uh, since Steve went with four, I've just got to go the polar opposite then and just say two, I mean, right. be two we got, overlaps. We got a wide range. I, I kind of got screwed on that one then. So I got to hit it. No, 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 no. Note to self. Don't go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I mean, since, uh, since we got that figured out, I guess the next piece is to actually discuss the top five and, and, and part of doing that is going to be uh, to try to see if we can guess who this villain could be by naming off a, a, a quote from the movie that we're referencing that villain in. So what do you guys think about that? you think we should go down that road? I like it. Uh, I would say uh, bonus points for nailing whatever accent or Ooh. demeanor. Um, 
So I'm not entirely <laughs> sure how. Oh, Steve's oh, go, yeah, it, oh but... that's. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, Aaron, you can, you can't just give yourself bonus points just because you can do fancy accents, and we can't. I can do what I want. <laughs> I am above the law. <laughs> but you know, the accent, if if nailed, will give it away. And True. I'm okay with that. All right. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Uh, and it, I'm not trying to stump people. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to help you guess. That's the thing. I want you guys. I want you guys to to know it. So I want to try mm. to do it. I also want to make. And I also want people to make fun of me on the internet for my terrible accents, but that's beside the point. So, Buzz, since you took ownership of that particular idea, why don't you go first with your number five? <laughs> wow. Well, see, I was going to say whoever's oldest goes first, but all right, fine. <laughs> no. All right. Well, then this is going to be really interesting. So, my and, and to kind of preface, you know, my villains here is. I, I wanted to make sure that we were choosing villains that are, are not only in my top five, but also um, are, are unique in a sense. So unique to me in a sense and, and trying to stay with the concept of not having too much overlap. Cause I know what these two like, and um, I, I know, I know for a fact, we're going to have a little overlap. So my number five, and here's the quote, Endo meet Mr. Martin Riggs. Endo here has forgotten more about dispensing pain than you and I will ever know. So, Who's so Riggs, that, that's oh. Lethal Weapon. That, that's uh, uh, is that Gary Busey? Yeah. It's Gary Busey. Gary Busey. It's oh, Gary Busey. Busey. I so have what's, no what's idea his name. His name. <laughs> uh, no, no idea. But that's uh, it's been so long since I've seen the first one. What's his name? Mr. Joshua. Mr. Joshua. That's right. Yep. Yes. Oh, uh, no, that's a good Joshua. one. That's a good one. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Gary Busey. No. No, no, no. He's a great villain. Hell, he's almost a great villain in real life. Are you kidding? Yeah. And, that might, and that might actually have been the last – that actually might have been the last time Gary Busey played a normal person. True. In all the, in all the movie roles that I've seen Gary – well, which one? Which one's older? Yeah, which <laughs> one is older? Those those who came out around the same point, same point in time, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. Yeah, we can we can Google that later. <laughs> Please don't correct us on the internet. 1991. Oh, for *Lethal Weapon*. Uh, no, 1991 was um, *Point Break*. Uh, *Point Break*. *Lethal Weapon* was 1987. Ah, so all right, you got me there. All right, Stevie, your turn. All right. For my top five, I, I definitely leaned a lot on screen presence, whether that particular villain really, really helped the movie. And without that actor and that villain written that way, the movie just wouldn't happen. Uh, so, all right, here we go. My number five in, in character as best I can. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. I lost the quote. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You get behind me, we all profit. You challenge me, we all go down. There was one Napoleon, one Washington, one me. I know oh exactly who that is. Aaron? That is, shit, what is, I know the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it as, it's Big Boy, right? Yeah. Big yeah. Boy Caprice. I just actually, re I recently watched that. Al Pacino. That. Yeah. yeah. Al Pacino from Dirty Harry. Dick Tracy. Dirty Harry. What the hell? Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. There you That's go. what I meant. Dirty Harry, Dick Tracy, same movie. I love that movie. I, I watch it strictly oh, for Al Pacino. He's he, he I'm just, actually waiting. That one's on yeah. our list, right? I'm waiting for oh, that to come around. It's definitely on there. Yeah, yeah. He's he is a really good screen presence. He's he's probably the best character in that movie, in my opinion. Oh yeah, he's just hamming it up from moment one and just mm -hmm. enjoying himself. And as far as the character goes, he's he's psychotic, he's methodical, he's cunning. You know, he's. For for the good, you know, three quarters movie, he is one step ahead of Dick Tracy until uh, Dustin Hoffman's character fills the beans, and then the table spills. Yeah. He, he has which it. technically, which technically Dustin Hoffman spilled the beans like early in the movie. It's just not revealed that he spilled the beans. This is true. Later, this is true. Mm. Mumbles. So, yeah. So he was still. So yeah, yeah. There's a little wiggle room there. All right, you're but up there. Yes, an excellent villain. All right. So following in that line, um, 
my top five, like I said, I ended up with a, a list of top seven, and it was really hard for me to pick out of these. Um, so I, I kind of went away from uh, one that was really mainstream that I assumed was going to be overlap and went for one that, that w- uh, went for five that were just, uh, like Steve said, there's some really, really great screen presence and the perfect actors or actresses for the roles. I, it, these are the ones where if I see, see this character, they can only be played by this person. I can't imagine it being played at anywhere near as well if they were to change point. So, and, and obviously because of that, the movies that they were in would not have been anywhere near as good uh, had they not that specific actor actress played those roles. So for my number five on this list, uh, I'm pretty sure I know Steve's going to get this, but might get this. Yeah. I, uh, I, I just know Steve's going to get this cause I know he's, he's seen this recently. Who loves you and who do you love? <laughs> I know it. Because this, this, this guy went in and out of my top five. It's, it's time to play The Running Man. Eamon oh, Killian. wow. Richard oh Dawson gosh. as Eamon Killian on 1987's The Running Man. Wow, I haven't seen that movie in forever. He was my original number five. Him and Big Boy went back and forth. Without without Richard Dawson, The Running and, Man is a yeah, terrible and kid. Movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny because this was prior to this was him playing a sadistic game show host prior to him actually become a real life game show host. So somebody <laughs> watched The Running Man and his evil cast character and said, "You know what? Give that man Family Feud." And his Family Feud is my favorite. Of all the, exactly. Of all mm-hmm. of them, I always love that one. Excellent pick. All right, Butters, back to you. I have a last name here that if I mess this up, we may have to redo this part again. <laughs> so you guys are aware. I think I know it. It's pronounced Vader. <laughs> it's pronounced Vader. It's is pronounced that what you said? Vader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Dutch no. for father. Fazel? Uh, what's a Ferger? <laughs> Darth Ferger? What's a Ferger? <laughs> All right, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a shot at this name. We'll see we'll see if I get this right. Well, maybe we'll get the quote, and you won't have to butcher it. Yeah, I think you guys will get the quote. I think you'll know the. I think you'll definitely know the uh, the movie and possibly the character, but I don't think you'll know who the actual actor is. And it's the actor's last name. That's very unique <laughs> and can be mispronunciated very easily. So we'll give this a shot. All right. Bring it on. All right. Here we go. 1991. I'll give you that. All right. Here's your hint. It oh, happened in 1991. <laughs> nope. It happened in 1991. All right. 10 pounds of C4 is on the way to the Coliseum right now. It's ironic, don't you think? That is, it's ironic, don't you think, that this bomb's going to be delivered to Banyards by his own personal bodyguards. After his death, the police will receive a photograph of you, Joseph, handing over the briefcase, and I blame you for the crime. And they'll believe it too, because they know what a fan of Banyards you are. You know, I... Thought I knew what it was. I I don't. It's the banyards that threw me off. I I I was until you said banyards. Well, if uh, I didn't say banyards, what was your guess? Um, the first thing I was thinking of was um, Arlington Road and nope. Tim Robbins. Nope. Yeah, and then when you said banyards, I knew that wasn't it. Is that is this the last Boy Scout? That's it right there. Oh my God! Yeah, I haven't oh. seen that in so long. I. Totally forgot and that. All I remember from Last Boy Scout was the like the, that one kickoff. He runs it back, and then the guy shoots himself in the end zone. That's my memory of <laughs> the Last Boy Scout. But I, I think there might yeah. be a like a, a climax at, at, on the roof of the stadium and stuff. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so like, the villain is Milo. Uh, was the villain, and he was the blonde-haired guy that was working for the bad guys. That was very calculated in trying to oh, okay. Um, destroy Bruce Willis in the process. So the whole point of that quote was they were getting ready to send 10 pounds of C4 to the Coliseum during a football game and blow up 
the guy, uh, uh, Baynard, which is the owner of that football team by his own personal bodyguards. And so it was Bruce Willis's job to obviously prevent that, which caused what you were talking about, Steve, where the guy fell from the Coliseum into the rotors of a helicopter. I remember and so that. And so forth. Yeah. 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 And I remember blonde guy, but well, I'm yeah. like Scout. Jackie. Yeah. And so the act, the actor's name is Taylor, uh, Nigren. Yeah. Now Taylor Nigren. Said that. Yeah. I got to look that up. N I G R O N. Oh, Taylor Negron. Yeah. Negron. Negron. Yeah. Negron. Yeah. Oh, is that an E G R O N? I had an N I G R O N. Yep. Oh, yeah. I recognize that guy. I've seen him in a lot. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I did not know that Shane Black wrote The Last Boy Scout. Yeah, I remember him the most from Nothing But Trouble. Oh, yes. Banker. All right. You ready for my number four? Let's do it, it, Steve. All right. Oh, oh, he's loosening up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Y'all can't see this, but it's happening right now. Look who's got the front row seats for the Mexican hat dance now. Just like a bunch of spiders in a monkey cake. God, I know. I recognize the quote. I just can't pick. I can't picture the per, the uh, character. <laughs> um, I even butchered the quote. It's spiders in a birthday cake. <laughs> oh well, that changes everything. No, <laughs> I yeah, I'm I'm not coming up with anything. Uh, Bud, you got anything? Mm, no. I'll probably cut this out, but Aaron, I'm going to... Wait, wait. Hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Dan Aykroyd's in this? He is. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, nothing but trouble. It is. Oh! <laughs> I literally... Oh, now <laughs> and we were just out. talking now about Tyler Negron. I, I, I kept my mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. As soon as he said Dan Aykroyd's in this, and I was like, wait. Judge J.P. Yeah, that's Falcon all I can remember was Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Okay. I hear. I do. I get any pre precognition quotes because I because I uh, <laughs> quoted him before you quoted him. Sort of. You kind of did, yeah. Yeah, I. That's awesome. Judge Volkenheimer. I mean, some people will say nothing no. but trouble is a terrible movie. I am not one of them. I am looking I forward to ne- watching that one for the podcast. I have never heard of anybody. No, that one's. I good. don't want to. You don't want that kind of negativity in your life. It, it's, it was Dan Aykroyd's pleasure uh, or our personal pride project, and he, he wrote it, directed it, starred in it, and I, it, it was one of those movies that kind of weirded the shit out of me as a kid, all because <laughs> oh, of yeah. that character. And then as an adult, it's just and then the and the twins hilarious. The twins, yes. You know, he's got the, <laughs> got the dick for the nose, and just, uh, it's, it's great. He's making uh, Digital Underground and Tupac sing for him. And, Oh, and play and sitting there, they're playing the organ with digital underground. Yeah, but from a villain standpoint, the man is is ruthless and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Persistent. He does not yeah. stop. He will not stop. His mm. his hatred of bankers mm-hmm. drives the entire movie, and anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's this personal family <laughs> revenge yeah. from like decade or centuries past, and poor Chevy Chase and crew get caught in the lot, and it's all about. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's villain that makes that entire. Yep. Uh, all right. No, that was good. Good pick. All right. Uh, this my number four is another favorite of mine. That's not. I wouldn't say he's a typical quote unquote villain. I mean, he's definitely a villain. He's just an odd one. And I've already given it away by telling you it's a he, but we'll go with it. Um, it is a long quote, so bear with me. I hate warriors. Too narrow-minded. I'll tell you what I do like, though. The killer. Died in the wool killer. Cold-blooded, clean, methodical, and thorough. Now, a real killer, when he picked up the ZF-1, would have immediately asked about the little red button on the bottom of the gun. <laughs> I'd say, I see Bud's face. He's turning. I know you what it is. You should know this. I, I, I know what it is. is. I'll, I'll, that, wait, I'll wait for is, Steve. Is that in Glorious Bastard? No. It is not. No. Negative. Not, not that Brad Pitt is the villain in that, but that was just, you know, you, you threw the Southern no. accent on there. No, but but fair point. I'll give you that. 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bud, what's your pick? Well, let me see here. It, it um, hmm. since I'm going next, this is this is funny. Oh. That is Zorg, uh, Gary Oldman from The Fifth Element, 1997. Oh. Jean Baptiste Manuel Zorg. Oh, I, I love so, that character. What's interesting about that, Aaron, is your quote. Let me read you my quote. I'll tell All you right. what I do like: a killer, a die-dyed in the wool killer, cold-blooded, clean, <laughs> methodical, and thorough. A real killer. When he picked up the ZF1, you would have immediately asked about the little red button on the bottom of the gun. So, so does that count as two overlaps? Because That's we my, that was my number three and the freaking quotes there. That was my number three. That's that's a dumb <laughs> opinion, man. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I actually went. I looked at like three or four quotes, and that's the one I picked because I just I love that. I love that little spiel. Of oh him. yeah. But him, he's he's just a all he is is he's like a businessman. Uh, oh he yeah. Just happens to be in business with the most evil thing in the universe, and that's all he's worried about. He's he's basically one of those those chaos engines who just wants to break everything so he can rebuild it. Yeah. Kind of thing. Within the fifth element, he has no real place in the plot. He's just there yeah. causing trouble. And in a movie with so many, you know, known presences, as far as, you know, Bruce Willis and, uh, Mila Jovovich. Uh, yeah. Mila and, um, uh, who's the MC? Chris Tucker. Yeah. Uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah. Come in. Yeah. Come on. Come in. He would, yeah. Yeah. He would be he, with all those in the movie, but with all those, Gary Oldman is able to stand out as this oh, yeah. outstanding actor playing this super odd role. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that is still my. That's probably my favorite role from him. Here's my take on 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 Gary Oldman's character. It it really he he's the villain, but he's really not the villain. He's really the proxy of the villain. Yeah, the real yeah. villain doesn't have a voice in that movie, and so therefore he portrays that villain. Yeah. that villain's voice yeah because isn't there a moment where he gets like reprimanded and he starts bleeding from the forehead and it's never really explained yeah ba- ba- yeah, yeah he gets mr. a call mr. from shadow from mr shadow <laughs> exactly mr yeah. shadow the, the, is, is the darkness or the evil or whatever i can't remember right. what it's called it was like the darkness that was going to envelop the universe uh, and, it, and it calls his secretary <laughs> she has to transfer <laughs> the call to him it's uh mr shadow on line one <laughs> it all works though i think yeah, it's great. gary oldman's great Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Steve, oh, your turn. That, yeah, that was your number three, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. All right. <laughs> it's all about the greater good. All right, not giving us much to work with there. Wow, name that tune. All right. <laughs> After that phrase, picture a circle of people going, the greater good. <laughs> mm. mm-hmm. I remember the movie. Then you've got Simon Pegg yelling, how can this be for the greater good? Definitely know the movie. And then the the group of people, the greater good. I can't remember the villain. The villain is the the villain, but I know the movie. It's Hot Fuzz, right? It's Hot Fuzz. The the villain of the the movie, and this is spoilers, close your ears to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's it's a movie everyone should see because it's one of my top three movies ever. Oh, yes. But Mm. if you haven't seen it, the the villain is the... uh, the Neighborhood Watch Association, the HOA of this little British neighborhood. And in mm-hmm. order to clean up said neighborhood, they kill people and for the stupidest things. And they're ruthless. They think they're doing the right thing. They, they have no remorse. And they're, it's crazy. <laughs> and it's all so thought out and methodical. I love that movie. We and were I'm recently like, talking about really relatable movie plots. <laughs> this, one, <laughs> just this, this one with the HOA. You, you know, everybody's thought it at one point. My wife is the HOA president. Does not endorse hot fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> not on, not on paper anyway. No. <laughs> not officially. <laughs> oh yeah, no. That's, their their control of the town and their manipulation of Simon Pegg. All it, it's a great reveal at the end. So it, yeah, great move. Sorry for anybody mm-hmm. out there that I spoiled it for. Hey, if they haven't watched it by now, it's their own fault. And if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Exactly. Do it. Do it now. Well, not now. Or better yet, go to about, go to our website and, and uh, put in a movie request for us to do it now. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, that feature's there. Uh, they could do that, but it's actually already on our list. 
It is, but they can cut the line. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. This is what I get for not paying attention. I do that sometimes. For a small donation. For cost. <laughs> to the cost. All right, Aaron, you're number three. Well, since we played Skipmo with Bud, because he stole my pick. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, uh, my next one is by far one of the best characters in this uh, in this movie that I've seen, let alone uh, I'll give you the hint that they were in, this character was in multiple movies. But this is the one that stands out. This is also, I think, one of the only ones that falls within our timeline. I'm going to do my best not to butcher the accent. I'm fairly certain because of the accent and because of a piece of the quote, you guys should know this. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is one of the overlaps because this is the one I what, this is the one I assumed would be overlap. As I told you, Mr. Potter, naughty children deserve to be punished. Deep down, you know that you deserve to be punished, don't you, Mr. Right, Potter? One. <laughs> Perhaps this is my number two. <laughs> oh. All right, so I'm winning this game already. <laughs> First, Dolores Umbridge is the worst villain in all of Harry Potter. That woman. Oh, by far. Oh. Voldemort has nothing. She on gets Dolores under Umbridge. your skin. Just watching her oh, yeah. and just, oh my God. This is one of those characters that um, is so evil and vile that you just instinctively want to punch them in the face as soon as you see them. You don't even want him mm-hmm. to talk. I mean, Voldemort, I'd at least have a cup of tea with. Dolores, no. And you know that I'm everyone out there her. has had at least one you know, elementary school teacher who was similar as far as the high almighty old lady that no matter what, she was right. And you just had to accept it, even though she's so wrong. You know, just yeah. oh, gets under your skin. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, this it was so it was so satisfying in The Order of the Phoenix to see her finally get carried away yes. only to see her ass come right back in uh, Deathly Hallows. Oh yeah. She was at the ministry as if nothing had ever happened. And she was right back. She was right back in power and she was right back to her old shit. She just wasn't at the school anymore. She was back in the ministry. And yeah. I, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, Oh God damn this bitch. <laughs> hey, that's now, when I can't you know you're a good I've read villain. The books. I've read the books and I can't remember if, they explained in the books what happened to her. I want to say I think she did end up in Azkaban after the whole thing for the books. Oh, I can't remember. But I know they didn't explore that in the movies. Uh, they, they didn't really go into what happened to her after that scene in Deathly Hallows 1. But um, I think in the books they did. Or at least in like maybe the other lore. I don't know. So the, uh, the actress that plays her, uh, Imelda Staunton. Uh, she's actually going to be playing Queen Elizabeth in the next couple seasons of the the older Elizabeth. I can definitely see that. Hopefully, she's not as evil. And that's one of those. That's another thing. Is this, this is one of those roles where it's it would be hard to see unless there were there was a lot of makeup involved in either direction. It's hard to separate her from this character. Yeah. I would think because there are some actors uh, actors and actresses when they play a good character like this or especially an evil one it's mm-hmm. hard to see them it's like the Brenda problem from 90210 where everybody started hating on Shannon Doherty yeah. just because they didn't like her character from 90210 one thing one mention on uh, Dolores Umbridge is the introduction of her character in the movie is it's fantastic because it's it's you know the anti save the cat moment instead of doing something good so you know someone's good they do something bad it's not necessarily, not necessarily something bad, but she interrupts Dumbledore during his speech to yeah. the to the class. Mm-hmm. She, she gives her a little, a bitch. and you just and Dumbledore gives her a side eye. Oh, that that little smirk. Oh, that little smirk. That that shit. Yeah, great, oh, great, great villain introduction. Work. All right, agree. Where are we at? That was your All number right, what three, do you got, right? bud? What do you got for number two? That was my number three. So we're down to number we're on twos now. We're on number twos. two. Terrible twos. All right, this this movie came out in 1999. All right, you are not your job. You are not how much money you have in the bank. You are not the car you drive. You are not the context uh, contents of your wallet. You are not your fucking khakis. You're the all singing, all dancing crap of the world. And you are now shooting bullets at your imaginary friend for the 400 gallons of nitroglycerin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 
Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden. Uh, I just recently rewatched that too. <laughs> that is a classic. And that's, yeah, now, and that's one of those that's not a not your typical villain because he's not even yeah. real. Well, yeah, and or, so that kind of that yeah. kind of goes to the next question. I mean, you know, from a screenplay perspective, we know who Tyler Durden was played by, but from a from a story perspective, it's still the narrator. Yeah, it's exactly. The narrator. Exactly. Apologies to anyone who hasn't seen the 1999 but, movie Fight Club. And if you haven't seen it, go watch it. If you haven't seen it, why are you, why are you listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> But you know, my big thing with, with with Fight Club was the from a from a villain standpoint. It's you know this was different in a lot of different regards with a lot of different stories. This was more about a mental struggle than anything else, and how wildly out of control that that became. And you know, it's interesting when you when you see a story like that because the the villain within yourself really kind of makes you sit back mm-hmm. and kind of think about that story. And it's something where if you have never seen the movie before and you're watching it through the first time, it has a completely different effect than if you're watching it again and you already know the secret of how Tyler is exactly uh, the narrator's it, alternate persona. And it's, it's, the, it's a whole different take on it. So you can, you can get two different experiences from watching it. Yeah, and it's the perfect movie where you watch the first time, you get to that cliffhanger where you realize what, what's really happening. And then all of a sudden you get done with the movie and you're like, wait, 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 wait. I want to watch that again. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those very few movies to where you immediately want to watch it again, just to just to figure the rest out to see if it all makes sense. Now you now that you know what's going on, mm-hmm. and it does, and that's the greatest part about it. Like you go back and rewatch the movie for the you know for the second or third or fourth time, and like you still catch little things that are just it'd be little Easter eggs in that entire movie that that really played that whole storyline. Yeah, and it's some of the best dialogue. That, oh yeah, uh, the dialogue alone. Yeah, Brad Pitt has ever done. That's that's some great dialogue. I read I read that book a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, and then David Fincher directed it masterfully. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. is Tyler Durden. Yeah, one that was in and out of my top five, but not in it. Sorry. It was in and out of mine too, but I finally decided I was like, I'm going to leave it in there because I truly believe that that's my number two. Um, I was, uh, I was certain that was, that one was going to be repeated. Yeah. So I was expecting an overlap with that one. Well, you already did overlap my two. So move on to here. Past Aaron. Oh, so that was, that was your number, my, my two was your number two. So we're at two. Yeah, yeah. Number two. All right. So we've got two, two overlaps. All right. My number two. Um, now, I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I don't exactly remember the cadence of this quote. Um, I, it's also It was also hard to pick a quote from this one because this villain was not speaking in a lot of the movie. So there's not – there uh, a lot of the quotes are back and forths. They're not single quotes that you, that you can just pull out. Dialogue. A lot of it is dialogue in a conversation that you'd have to have two people, and that's not what I was going for. I was going for a single quote. So may not get this off this quote, but it is a good quote. So for my number two from 1997, wanting people to listen, you can't just tap them on the shoulder anymore. You have to hit them with a sledgehammer, and then you'll notice you've got their strict attention. Oh. Is is it seven? Bada bing. That's what it is. Yes. Yes, it's John Doe. Another David Fincher masterpiece. I I took that one off my list. Oh, that was that was number four on my list, and I took it off. Yeah. Oh man, he is by far my favorite character from that movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I like I I really like Morgan Freeman in there, Mm -hmm. um, and his back and forth with uh, Brad Pitt. Pitt. But you know, for not being in the majority of the movie, Kevin Spacey stole that show once he finally showed up. Oh yeah. When I saw that for the first time, I really didn't know who Kevin Spacey was. I hadn't seen Usual Suspects. And his recent troubles aside, we're just talking yes. actors and, and characters that he played. Uh, we won't get into the stupid shit that he's done. Yeah. He basically is and he wins that movie. This is one of those movies where the bad yeah, guy the truly wins. wins as far as what the villain was attempting to accomplish. Part of his, I mean, he was, a, he was I guess, clinically uh insane but he uh and to the sole fact he did not believe he was insane but he did acknowledge that it was easier 
for them to label easier on them to label him insane. True. It was, he was very intellectual. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. Uh, he was basically, you know, flat out to punish people, including himself, mm-hmm. which was part of his whole plan. But if there was ever someone to be able to take on that label of psychopath, it is that character. I mean, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, stay someone who is has no remorse, no empathy, but yet able to function in society and do everything he needs to do just normal with full control of his abilities. That man was dangerous and mm. amazing. Oh, though. absolutely. Just watch just when the, the reveal of when they went into his apartment and found all the notebooks of all the things he was literally writing out every single thought that went into his head. And there were, you know, thousands of them notebooks. I was watching like, like holy crap. When the guy that the, I don't know which which sin it was, but the guy that was in the bed and he's still alive. Oh, sloth. Oh, yeah, sloth. He, yeah. he basically kept him there for a year. Yeah. The fact mm-hmm. that he did that. It's one thing to go and murder someone in a movie. Okay, yeah, you're you're a bad guy. But this guy was able to methodically do that for a year and keep him alive for that moment. That's that's exactly. Sick. Exactly. And it was, it was exactly one year. And that was the other thing is he knew when they were going to be over there. It was, that was crazy. And that's, that's another one. It, that's one of those roles where it's for a while, it was hard to see him as anything other than that guy. Now, obviously he's played some other good roles where mm-hmm. he was villain or sort of a villain or just a bad guy or an asshole. Um, but nothing as far as villain for him, for Kevin Spacey, at least, I think tops John Doe. Good pick. That's a good one. All right. And now we are on to the final round of Triple Cinema Jeopardy. The number ones. And we have how many overlaps? Just just two? So we far, two. just two. two. We'll see. Two. So right now, Butters is in the lead. We need one more for, for A.A. Ron to take the crown. I don't think you guys are going to overlap on this one. So um, this movie came out in 1987. It was a, it was a comedy with a great villain in it. And it's probably one of the very few uh, roles that this actor played as a villain. Here's my quote. I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's (laughs) former roommate. by far one of my favorite comedies of all time and, oh that is my and, number and, and, and one again, favorite movie ever that's yeah and that's one of those he's not the the, the evil despicable vile villain in the trips against but he is the villain yeah he's definitely the bad guy but he's a funny he's the comic relief yeah. bad guy he's he's a stooge yeah. he's uh yeah and that's the other thing. he's not he's not the <laughs> yeah. biggest bad guy mel mel brooks is the biggest bad guy but he's just the political bad guy if anyone doesn't know we're talking about dark helmet from space balls <laughs> just in, just in case yeah played by rick moranis you know the one dude that never plays a villain role oh yeah. never i knew it i'm surrounded by assholes <laughs> great flick those that's one movie i can probably quote all day long without any any trouble I, I like it from the screen presence point of view because it subverts the whole vader impersonation Mm-hmm. And then you've got you know the, the Weasley nerdy Rick Moranis, uh, you know from, from Ghostbusters and Little Shop of Horrors. You're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. He's plus the fact that he's you know he's Darth Vader with a tie and shorter than <laughs> exactly. I just love I love that look with the the little black on black tie <laughs> on his as part of his suit. <laughs> I was not playing with my dolls again. <laughs> and from yeah. <laughs> Oh God. Oh, I love that movie. Good. Ah, I figured good you guys would like that. That's a great, yeah. That's a great book. All right, Steve, what do you got? Okay. My number one villain on my list, personal to me and many people that are, you know, in the workforce today. Next Friday is Hawaiian shirt day. So, you know. You can go ahead and wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Well, I'm sure you know what it is, Aaron. I know what it is. Um, I mean, this is this is Lumberg, isn't it? Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh yeah. So if you want to go ahead and come in on Saturday, 
That'd be great. So, <laughs> Peter. Um, so, Peter, what's happening? That, that man embodies so many former bosses. Oh, yes. oh yeah. And played perfectly by Gary Cole. That is one of his best roles. Oh, yeah, by far. The the corporate the corporate cubicle mundane atmosphere and he just epitomizes everything with his coffee mug and his tie and, and just his superior voice and how he trolls Milton the entire movie is so oh, yes. cruel. He, even after he knows Milton's no longer getting paid, he's still asking him to move his desk to the basement and taking his stapler. Exactly. It's just, oh, it's masterful. <laughs> I'm going to set the building on fire. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> well, Milton yeah. was probably my favorite character from that movie. Gary Cole is definitely, yeah, yeah, he's definitely the big villain in that. Great villain. My favorite. Oh, yeah. No, good pick. Oh, such a, such a good pick. Go to you, Aaron. Hey, Aaron. All right, so it's down. Down to one. Um, unfortunately, I will have to concede the betting rules because we do not have an overlap. Uh, Bud wins that category. Yeah. Uh, for my number one pick, this was always my number one pick. This has been one of my favorite movies of all time. And this villain is one of the uh, is one of the best roles I've ever seen him in. This is one of those movies where without this actor playing this villain – the movie would not be anywhere near as good. So uh, I'll see if I can give this quote some justice. To the last, I grapple at thee. From hell's heart, I stab at thee. For hate's sake, I spit my last breath at thee. I got it. Say it, say it really loud. Scream it really loud. Come well done. Did you think I would not remember? I, I, I figured you were either going Khan or Vader. Yeah. It had to be one or the yeah. other. Vader's a great bad guy. He's not my favorite bad guy from the Star Wars universe. The reason I didn't go with my favorite bad guy in the Star Wars universe is because he's my favorite bad guy from the TV shows and not from the movies. So since we're covering movies, I didn't go that route. But that would have been Darth Maul. But definitely Khan. Ricardo mm. Montalban just... oh. He nailed it. Yeah. Wrath of Khan, great, great movie. And the whole him playing the super soldier with the super superior intellect. And exactly. you know, trying hell bent on yeah. revenge. He's just just solely that's his driving thing. Yeah. He he knew he was smarter and stronger than everybody, but he still felt he had to prove it because he was bested once. He and had to the, get back. His his arrogance got the best of. Him. Exactly. Uh, and there's so many times where, you know, he, they got off, uh, they got quote unquote rescued by accident and they took over the ship. They could have just left, but no, he had to get back at Kirk. This is the one. Wrath of Khan. Yeah, this is, by the way, this is Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan from 1982. Was this the one where it's, where the, where the opening scene was at Yosemite? Where Kirk no, was climbing that's the, five, man. that's five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, where they're climbing, that tells you they're how far off I am. Yeah. That's like the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrible the opening is the kobayashi maru with uh with uh kirstie alley mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's opening as kirstie alley on the bridge of the simulator doing the kobayashi maru and failing that's right that's and right. then he walks in because that's when we realize it's a simulation yeah he he could have just left the planet uh but he had to get back at kurt he could and then they they raided and stole the Genesis torpedo and they were, they had all the power and they could have just left. And even his crew at that point was starting to question him, but wouldn't dare challenge him. And he still had to get back to Kirk and it ultimately did him in. Mm -hmm. And, Oh man. At hell's heart. I stab at the, yeah, he's still almost one in the end because of how crippled their ship was. Oh, that is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Looking forward to watching that one again. Oh, yeah. So our top fives are done. Let's see. I do have a couple of honorable mentions that got booted from my list. Not, I'm not going to go into detail, and I'm sure you guys got a couple as well. Exactly. Uh, but the ones that got booted that were in and out of my list were John Milton from Devil's Advocate, Al Pacino mm, again. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Damon Killing, which was already mentioned. 
Uh, Lopan from Big Trouble Little China. Oh. Mm, uh, yeah. David Lopan. Uh, Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah, I was she looking was, at that she one. Was, she was on my short list. And Audrey Two from Little Shop <laughs> oh, There you go. Still the best musical of all time. Starring Rick Moranis, yet again. Exactly. <laughs> uh, for me, um, some of the honorable mentions would be Hans Landa from <laughs> Inglourious mine. Bastards. That's that's my honorable mention. Um, <laughs> the Joker from The Dark Knight, who pretty much stole that movie, and of course Theo Fravis, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Of course, who is not yes. the villain of that movie, but he's a villain, and he's the better villain. He's a good villain. He's just yeah. not the villain. He's not a villain of right, other than the second one. He's not the yeah. villain. It puts the lotion on its skin. You know that's. Or gets the hose again. I should have put that in the montage. <laughs> He's not the main bad guy. Yeah, but upstaged by Sir Anthony Hopkins. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he, he actually, I think he won an Oscar for like a very little amount of screen time for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I had Tyler Durden on my short list as well. Yeah, and, and so like my honorable mentions are everything you guys have all, we've already talked about today. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, I'm dead serious. You know, it's like mine was was uh, was was uh, Kevin Spacey from Seven, uh, Hans Landa from from Inglorious Bastards. That's a bingo. Yeah, and I had a couple others, and I didn't write. Unfortunately, I didn't write oh. them down. But yeah, it was, it's 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 interesting how like you know how how closely. Uh, re- related to these movies, we all are. Um, I, at the end of the day. I had one other that almost made the list, and I was certain it was going to be an overlap, and that was Hans Gruber. Oh, that was on my list yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, figured yeah, that was going to be an overlap. Yeah, he, he was Yippee Kaye. Uh, another one that that I almost put up there, but it was hard to pinpoint because he's not really the villain of the movie. It's just something that stuck out as a kid. But the never running story, you have the nothing. But yeah. at the end of the movie, you have that damn wolf. Oh, that that fun, yeah, the tool of the darkness yeah. or the yeah. nothing. You yeah, you have the that, wolf that that, that, that that scarred me for uh, for dogs that look like that. It was just it's so it was. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, it was obviously primitive puppeteering at the time because it's in shadows, but it's done just enough with the glowing eyes, the you know, snarling uh, snout, and you tack that on to that first goddamn uh, swamp that. You know, took the horse. Oh, uh, brutal Atreyu. movie. No, what? Now, was the boy. What was the? Artex. Artex. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, but you got a Treyu breaking down in tears and just with the, just, the, oh, oh man, that, man, that was, that's hard. That, yeah, that scene hit me hard. I haven't watched that movie since I was a kid. But yes, but I couldn't pinpoint, I couldn't pinpoint what I wanted to put, if, you know, yeah, because the nothing is the villain, but yeah, so I just, I couldn't. Hard, hard yeah. to narrow down. Anybody have any surprises? Not, not like ones that you hadn't thought of. For me, the last Boy Scout one was not one I, I ever would have thought of. That that's a good one. No, uh, yeah, I I wouldn't have even thought of that one. Not off the top of my head. Fifth Element. I, I kind of regret not bumping that that guy up. Such a such an odd performance that just stands out. So this time of the show, we're going to go around and just kind of say what we're watching these days, listening to. Playing whatever uh, whatever media pitch you want to go for. Uh, so, Aaron, what's uh, what's on your media pitch list this week? So, for this week, um, I would like to say it's a little animated series that just got renewed for its second season, or I should say, it just put out its second season, and it's it's kind of a non anthology collection of animated shorts, most mostly animated shorts that I would highly recommend everybody watching. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. You, have you guys, uh, either of you I've guys ever it, watched yeah. any of those? Uh, it's excellent. There are some, uh, like the first season, it was like 18 little episodes. Uh, second season, I think, got eight, and they're coming out with a third season also with eight. So they split up the next two seasons. First season was absolutely exceptional. Uh, second one kind of dipped a little, but there's still some pretty good episodes in there. Um, it is adult-rated content. Uh, think if you've ever seen the movie Heavy Metal, 80s animated movie. Uh, it's definitely some adult content in there, but it's still great. So I would highly recommend that one. Heavy Metal just makes me think of that South Park episode. <laughs> I just think I can't remember which character's dad. But he's like, I couldn't stay away from your rocking boobs. 
<laughs> but yeah, well, like speaking of heavy metal, uh, the when Elon Musk launched the uh, the Tesla into space with the uh, the astronaut sitting at the, the steering the, wheel, the car yeah. straight out of the intro of heavy metal, man. <laughs> With don't panic on the council. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. So that's you know that's a twofer there. We should get Elon on the uh, podcast. Yeah, All right. why don't you go ahead and pencil him in? We'll uh, I'll be sure to be there for it. But let him know that we're open, uh, and he should contact us. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. I'll let him know. Have him pencil have you guys in. People contact his people. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Bud? What uh, is there any any shows or movies you watched recently that you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, as far as like shows and movies go, I I, I just finished up Loki. I've been kind of knee deep in the Marvel universe lately, so and uh, so Loki was was a great show. I was pretty pretty ex- pretty excited because that's another great villain, by the way. Too bad it didn't fall within our timeline, but that's true. Yeah, and he's a great villain that turned out to be. It's it's a that, villain. No, that no, no spoilers. For. I haven't watched. Oh yeah. Okay. So right, yeah, no we will we will. We won't, since it's recent, no, we won't a, get into it, but this it's is a good. villain from the, all the previous ones that everyone's still rooted for, even though he was technically one of the bad guys. Exactly. He, he was the villain that was always destined to fail, which made him so, so remarkable in that, in, in that light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll agree with you. Watch Loki. It is, totally yeah, especially watch Loki before you watch any of the other movies aside from Black Widow. Yeah. Yeah. And so Black Widow so is any another of the one I just movies. finished up. I just finished up Black Widow. That was uh, that was all right. It was good. Well, like definitely, they're, they're getting heavy into the CGI now. I think a lot more than they used to. Um, but it's still it was still good. I mean, the storyline was still good. And then um, you know, during my spare time when I'm not watching new stuff, I'm I'm rewatching Red versus Blue right now. So <laughs> nice. Uh, that got us through so many so many boring days and nights in Afghanistan. Yeah, just oh, yeah. waiting for every Tuesday for that five-minute clip to drop. Exactly. Which exactly. led to the great quote, hey, you guys uh, ever notice that something weird happens every five minutes, right? <laughs> you ever if anyone who's never seen Red versus Blue, just go to YouTube and type it in. Red versus Blue. You'll, you'll be oh, yeah. for a long And watch, watch all of it. I actually think it's on Netflix now. Is it? Is it really? I, I want to say it's on, it's on one of the streaming things. So they got, they got rights to at least the – the original five. If I could find a way to watch it with without the the video endings, because you know YouTube videos and the, the last thirty seconds, you've got a you know, hey, you should subscribe subscribe to our channel, uh, right? And, so if I can go from episode to episode to episode in a more streamlined manner, uh, that would be a, a better. I've watch. seen two different cuts out there. I've seen the the original one where you can get all you can watch each individual five minute episode. And I've also seen the ones where they cut the entire season into one. Yeah, one I want to watch like each season. And I don't one like long thing. And yeah. I actually don't. I don't recommend that. I I recommend watching them as individual cuts because it it flows better for the the comedic timing. I can go either way. I've seen them so many times it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steve? So in my uh, research for preparing for this little episode, I, I stumbled across a. YouTube video for the DGs singing You Should Be Dancing. That looks weird. That's Dave Grohl. How in God's name did this relate to my top five villains? Never you mind. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Foo Fighters put out an album called Pale Sapin. It is an album of BG's covers. And it's this brand new. Brand new. You've got You Should Be Dancing, Night Fever, Tragedy, and... It's not, you know, high art of, of hard rock, but it's a fun album. And because huh. I, I'm actually a fan of Bee Gees music. They're catchy. You know, they're, they're good pop songs. And there's plenty of metal versions of these out there. But if you, you the whole album is good to listen to. I, I, I bought it uh, just off watching that one video. But you see Dave Grohl having a blast. You see everybody. I mean, they're just playing Bee Gees tunes and it's fun. It's a fun hmm. album. So I recommend it. It's a good listen. Again, it's there's other albums from the Foo Fighters that are you know, that are high art. They're they're a great band, uh, which just says that I love that the Foo Fighters are at a place where they can just do whatever the hell they want. They're like you know what, let's just do a couple of Bee Gees covers and call it a day. They're doing whatever the hell they want. And it's fun. So yeah, it's it's from the DGs. So D E E G E E. 
<laughs> I see what you did there. And uh, it's called Hail Satin. Hail Satin. <laughs> so, Bud, thank you for joining us today on this special bonus episode. Appreciate you coming. And uh, I'm sure you'll be on again as we do more bonus episodes and or whatever movies you have tagged in our list that you want to be a part of. And it was great being with you guys and, and spending the time to, to go over our top fives, which, which we've done, I think, on several occasions over several beers, over several evenings, I'm sure. So, no, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about coming back at another point in time, and thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, brother. And don't worry about a self-promotion for me. I don't really want to pitch anything. It's all good, but I appreciate it. I, I don't expect anybody to come over from Brazil to do flight training, so. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget Romania, man. Yeah, apparently right. we're huge in Romania. I have oh, no yeah, idea right. why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brazil dropped us. Now We're not complaining, mind you. We love you, Romania. <laughs> well, that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening, and we hope you stay with us through this little experiment. What did you think of our bonus episode? Who are your favorite villains? Let us know through the socials, and we'll be sure to tell you how wrong you are. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating or review wherever you listen. They really do help the podcast. Check out our website in the show notes to see the full list of movies we'll be covering and our rankings thus far. We will be back soon with our review of Tin Cup. Dun, dun, dun. And he ruined it. (laughs) No, you ruined it. We'll see you next time on Cinema Cinema Decon. Cinema Decon.